This is AFF On Air, the Australian Frequent Flyer podcast, bringing you the latest news, tips and tricks for Australian travellers. G'day, welcome to this episode of AFF On Air. I'm your host, Matt Graham. Coming up in today's episode, how you can maximise Virgin Australia's latest double status credits offer. We'll delve into flight booking terminology, I'll reveal the routes and airlines where you'll never find a water availability, and I interview Australian frequent flyer moderator Jessica Tam. That's coming up later in the episode, but first let's take a look at what's making news on Australian frequent flyer this fortnight. And Virgin Australia has announced a replacement for outgoing CEO John Borghetti. Paul Skura will take over as CEO of the Virgin Australia Group from the 25th of March. He's tasked with returning Virgin Australia to profitability after six loss-making years for the airline. Borghetti has been the CEO of Virgin Blue, which was later renamed to Virgin Australia, since 2010. And he's credited with transforming the airline from a low-cost carrier into a full-service airline that we see today. All Nippon Airways will commence daily flights from Perth to Tokyo's Narita Airport from the 1st of September. The Japanese member of Star Alliance will serve the route with Boeing 787 Dreamliners. And these aircraft offer economy, premium economy and business class. And there's some excellent launch fares currently available, particularly for premium economy. There are currently no other airlines flying between Perth and Japan. And in other new route news, Thai Air Asia X will launch four weekly flights from Brisbane to Bangkok from the 25th of June. The A330 flights will offer 12 premium flatbed seats at the front of the plane and 365 economy seats. This could be a much cheaper alternative on the Brisbane to Bangkok route to Thai Airways, which recently scaled back its flights to Brisbane. But the AirAsia flights will use Bangkok's low-cost carrier airport, DMK, rather than Bangkok's main Suvabnabumi International Airport. Qantas has bought a 19.9% stake in Alliance Airlines, a charter airline operating regional services within Australia for mining companies and on behalf of other airlines, including its rival, Virgin Australia. Townsville Airport in far north Queensland has reopened after the town was affected by severe flooding last weekend. The airport had to be closed on Sunday evening as a result of the flooding, but reopened the following afternoon with reduced staff levels. Quite a few flights were cancelled. Macquarie Bank is axing its Hilton Honours Macquarie Platinum Visa credit card. The bank stopped accepting new applications for this credit card last year, and now existing cardholders will also lose their cards at the start of May. This was the only co-branded credit card in Australia to be affiliated with a hotel loyalty program. Cardholders were able to earn Hilton Honours points for spending on the card, and benefits also included complimentary Hilton Honours status and hotel reward night certificates. Qantas will run a Boeing 747 charity flight from Sydney to Avalon for the Australian International Air Show on the 2nd of March. For $747, guests will get return flights to the air show on a soon-to-be-retired Boeing 747, entry to the show, meals for the day, and more, with the proceeds to be donated to the Qantas Drought Relief Fund. If you're interested in booking a seat, unfortunately, you're too late. The seat's sold out within hours. And finally this fortnight, Virgin Australia has released a brand new double status credits promotion. The promo will run until the 12th of February for travel up until the end of the year. And I'll be discussing this promotion in a lot more detail in the next section.
That's what's making news this fortnight. For more regular news updates and deals, be sure to subscribe to the Australian Frequent Flyer Gazette or follow Australian Frequent Flyer on Facebook and you can see australianfrequentflyer.com.au for more information. Well, as I mentioned just before, Virgin Australia has launched a brand new Velocity Double Status Credits offer. Now, you can earn double Velocity Status Credits on all eligible Virgin Australia flights as long as you book by the 12th of February, which is uh, next Tuesday, and travel by the 28th of December this year. So you've basically got the rest of the year to take advantage of uh, the offer. Now, to earn double status credits, you'll need to travel on a Virgin Australia marketed and operated flight. So that means that the booking has to have a VA flight number and you'll need to be traveling on a Virgin Australia aircraft status credits. Uh, but other than that, you can book as many eligible flights as you like and they'll earn, all earn double status credits. Now, this is a pretty good shortcut if you're looking to earn status with Virgin Australia. Now, I'm going to talk a, a little bit later about some of the uh, status runs you could take if you're looking at uh, taking advantage of the promotion to earn status as cheaply as possible. But firstly, let's just have a bit of a look at uh, what earning velocity status entails. So with velocity frequent fly, you're probably aware that uh, status is earned based on the number of status credits you earn. So to earn silver status, you need to earn 250 status credits within a 12-month period. To earn gold status, you need to earn 500 status credits within 12 months. And to earn platinum, you'd need to earn 1,000 status credits. Now, if you already have status with Velocity, you don't need quite as many status credits to renew it in the following year. So you'd need 200, 400, or 800 status credits to renew your silver, gold, or platinum Velocity status, respectively. Now, in addition to the status credits, don't forget that you also do need to fly a minimum number of Virgin Australia flight sectors. So for silver status, you need to take at least two Virgin Australia marketed flights, that is with a VA flight number, um, during the year. For gold status, you need to take at least four Virgin flights, and for platinum status, it's eight sectors. So don't forget about that. Now, what do you get exactly with Velocity status? Well, you get a whole range of benefits depending on your status tier when you're flying with Virgin Australia. And there's also a few benefits um, that are offered when you're flying with some of Virgin's partner airlines. So Virgin partners, for example, with Singapore Airlines, Etihad Airways, Delta, Virgin Atlantic and Hainan Airlines, to name a few. Now, if you have silver Velocity status, the benefits aren't uh, probably worth taking a status run for especially but if you do fly virgin enough to earn silver status then the, the benefits can be kind of useful so you get 50% more points on most fare types you also get two virgin australia lounge passes each year which you can use whenever you're flying with virgin you get a discount on virgin lounge membership so the joining fee is waived and also, the annual fee is reduced if you have silver status, and you get an extra baggage allowance, which is kind of handy. But the benefits really kick in when you get to gold and platinum status. So if you're a little bit short of gold or a little bit short of platinum, it might be worth uh, booking a couple of extra Virgin Australia flights or just flying Virgin instead of Qantas to attain those status levels. So what do you get with gold status? Well, there's uh, lounge access, 
uh, you get the fly ahead benefit. So if unless you're booked on the cheapest getaway fare, if you arrive at the airport early and wish to take an earlier flight, subject to availability, Virgin can move you free of charge. You also get access to the premium lounge entries in Sydney and Brisbane, which means you bypass the main terminal security points. There's priority boarding, priority baggage, priority security screening. Um, If you have gold or higher status, you have the ability to upgrade on Virgin's long-haul international flights to Los Angeles and Hong Kong using velocity points, uh, which is something that's not offered if you only have silver or red status. And you also get a complimentary status match to the equivalent of gold status with either the Hilton or the IHG Rewards Hotel loyalty programs. And the same thing with car, uh, some of the car hire loyalty programs. You can get a status match to Europe car or Hertz status. And if you earn platinum velocity status, in addition to all those things, you get four complimentary upgrades, uh, which you can use on domestic or international short-haul Virgin Australian flights every year, as long as you've booked in the Freedom Fare class. You also get arrivals lounge access when flying Virgin Australia, and also at the Virgin Atlantic lounge in London, um, if you're arriving on a Virgin Atlantic flight. You can also bring up to three guests into the Virgin Australia lounge. Normally it's one if you have gold status. You get complimentary Economy X seats. Those are the extra legroom seats on Virgin flights. And Virgin also has a guaranteed Economy reward seat benefit, uh, which means that you're guaranteed reward seats for up to four people for an annual family holiday to anywhere that's served by Virgin Australia or a coach share partner. Um, I should mention you also get this benefit with gold status, but it's limited to two domestic flights. If you're thinking about taking advantage of this promotion in order to increase your status credit balance, you might be thinking about booking a status run. Now, the idea with a status run is to earn the most status credits possible for the least possible cost. And in other words, you want to get a low uh, dollars spent to status credits earned ratio. I wrote an article on Australian Frequent Flyer called Best Velocity Status Runs with Double Status Credits, and there's a link to this in the episode notes, so feel free to have a look at this if you're interested. And this article contains the 10 best value status runs that I found uh, leaving Australia that are currently available. And in general, what I found is that Virgin's Elevate and Freedom Fares, as well as some of the business class saver fares, will get you the best bang for your buck in terms of dollars per status credits earned. And while these Elevate and Freedom and and the business class fares, of course, are a bit more expensive than the cheaper tickets, they also earn many more status credits. And also, uh, if you want to earn the most status credits, look for routings that require one or two stops along the way. These are better status credit earners because you're earning uh, status credits for each of the individual flight sectors taken. So if the, the more flights there are, the more status credits you're going to earn. There's a saying on AFF, why fly direct when you can connect? And that's uh, very valid in this case. Now, if you're interested, the best value status run that I found was a business class saver fare from Hobart in Tasmania to Dunedin in New Zealand, and the flight routes via Melbourne and Brisbane. So the return flight from Hobart to Dunedin via Melbourne and Brisbane in both directions uh, costs just under $1,400, but you're going to earn, and this is without double status credits, 50 status credits from Hobart to Melbourne, 60 status credits from Melbourne to Brisbane and then 80 status credits from Brisbane to Nadine one way. And that's before double status credits, as I said. So with the return trip, you'd normally earn 380 status credits, but with double status credits on, that haul increases to 760 status credits, which is more than three quarters of the way to platinum uh, for under $1,400, $1,399 to be exact. 
And that works out to be a cost of $1.84 per status credit, which is, I mean, normally you'd have to go um, to the United States and look for some really, really excellent Delta Comfort Plus or First Class fares for that kind of value. Uh, it's I've never seen that kind of value in Australia. So uh, that's the best one that I found. But other runs include um, you could fly an economy freedom fare uh, from Melbourne to the Gold Coast, stopping in either Sydney or Canberra. That would earn you 100 status credits for $262 with double status credits each way. And I would note to get that price, you would need to use a promo code. Uh, also, there's Adelaide to Byron Bay via Sydney in Business Saver will earn you 200 status credits with double status credits for $599 one way. And for the biggest earner, you can fly from Sydney to Rarotonga in the Cook Islands via Melbourne and Auckland in Business Saver and earn 460 status credits for $1,080 one way. Also, don't forget about Virgin Australia's family pooling program. So with Velocity, you can pool the, the points and status credits earned by up to two adults and four children under the age of 18 that are living at the same household. So if you're a family of five, for example, you could earn platinum status for one of the people in the household by taking a family holiday to Los Angeles, even on the cheapest getaway or elevate tickets, uh, as long as you have a domestic connection in there somewhere. So, for example, you'd earn 40 status credits for the flight between Sydney, Melbourne or Brisbane and Los Angeles in the cheapest fare class. And then for the domestic connection, you'd earn at least 10 status credits. So on Melbourne to Los Angeles via Sydney, for example, that's normally 50 status credits each way um, in the cheapest fare class or 100 status credits return. Now with double status credits, of course, that doubles to 200 status credits per person return. And so if you have a family of five using family pooling, you can earn 1000 status credits in total from that trip. Uh, which is enough, uh, as I said, to earn platinum status. And if you have a family of four, you'd earn 800 status credits, which is enough to maintain platinum status if you already have it. Um, although keep in mind, you would need those eight sectors on Virgin Australia flights. And as I mentioned before, the economy freedom fares earn more status credits. So they earn double what you'd earn for an elevator or getaway ticket. So you could earn those 800 status credits in that case with just two passengers traveling. So that's how you can take advantage of the promotion and uh, obviously this double status credits promotions are pretty good for members of the frequent flyer programs. But what's in it for the airline? Why do airlines actually run these promotions? Well basically it's to meet short term forward booking targets and it, it has very little to do with long term airline loyalty and it's usually uh, these promotions are the idea of the finance department rather than the loyalty department. And uh, while these promotions are, are great for some passengers, of course, running frequent double status credit promotions does pretty much nothing to endear long-term customer loyalty. They're a short-term hit for the airline's balance sheet, but these kinds of promotions don't convert customers in the long term in general. And if someone's relying on double status credit offers to maintain their status, they'll probably just switch to a different airline if the offers stop coming. Meanwhile, it increases the number of people with status and makes the lounges and things like that more crowded for those who earn status the hard way. So there are some downsides to double status credits promotions, but hey, if you're interested in taking advantage of it, the offer's there, so, so go for it, I would say. And there has been some speculation that Qantas is probably going to announce their own double status credit uh, offer sometime soon. It may be at the start of next month, but of course no one really knows except for people in Qantas, so watch this space on that one. 
All right, well, I'm going to take a short break. After the break, I'm going to interview AFF moderator Jessica Tam. Back soon. Hi, this is Clifford Reichlin, founder of the Australian Frequent Flyer. I trust you're enjoying this episode of AFF On Air. Matt does a great job, doesn't he? Do you know that you can tap directly into Matt's knowledge at Frequent Flyer Solutions, our premium service? Go to frequentflyer.com.au for more information. Welcome back to the AFF On Air podcast. I'm joined now by the AFF moderator, Jessica Tam. Welcome, Jess. Morning, Matt. How are you going? I'm very well, thanks. And tell me, Jess, where are you at the moment? Uh, currently in Melbourne Airport, uh, waiting for my uh, next flight. Oh, excellent. And uh, you were just telling me before, you've uh, only been in Australia for a very short time. You just got back from Japan yesterday, was it? I did. Did a, did a quick run up to Japan. I spent three nights there, which was very pleasant to get away from the warm weather that uh, Melbourne has just been experiencing and flew up with Malaysian Airlines, so Melbourne, Kuala Lumpur, uh, Narita, and then the same for the return. Okay, and where are you off to this morning? Uh, this morning, off to Singapore, uh, spending the night in Singapore, and then tomorrow heading up to London with Singapore Airlines. Yeah. and got a month in the United Kingdom, predominantly spending our time in Scotland. Oh, where again, I reckon the weather will be a bit of a contrast to what we have uh, recently had in Australia. Oh, it's the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get a bit of a relief from that heat for a little while. instead of 40. Yes. <laughs> um, so you're a moderator on the Australian Frequent Flyer Forum. Can you just tell me briefly, what does that role entail? It's a, it's a fairly varied role, and it depends on the day and the, the discussions that are being had. But essentially, it's a role that means just keeping an eye on the conversations that are occurring online, just to make sure that, in the first instance, no one's getting a bit too grumpy or using language or uh, behaviour that perhaps wouldn't be appropriate to a family-friendly family forum. Uh, it's also an opportunity... if someone starts a thread or they, they make a mistake and they want to post deleted, we've got the ability to uh, remove posts or add them, or if someone asks a question in one forum but it's more suited to being answered in another forum, then we might move it to move that question to a different location. So there's a reasonable amount of housekeeping that goes along as well, and perhaps more of that occurs than the general um, just keeping an eye on the discussion. Yeah, and there's a lot of work that does go on behind the scenes with AFF, which a lot of people might not realise, but it definitely um, adds a lot of value and keeps the site a nice, a nice place to be. Tell me, how did you discover Australian Frequent Flyer? When, you, when did you first find it? Well, I first joined uh, back in, when was it, oh, about six or seven years ago now, mm-hmm. um, and I had just moved to Melbourne. Uh, and when I moved to Melbourne a few years before, I joined the Qantas Club because there was a, a special offer on at the time. And my membership expired with the Qantas Club, so I was looking to renew my membership for another year. And I was casting about the internet for some sort of, any sort of discount 
uh, opportunities that there was. And funnily enough, I spotted an Australian frequent flyer, and at the time, I think the gold membership of the Australian frequent flyer was $50, and that included a $100 discount off Qantas Club membership. I figured, well, that's a good deal. The, the site looks pretty interesting. There's a fair bit of discussion that's going on. So I paid my money, got my gold membership, and then used my discount to join Qantas Club. And within about three months of joining AFF, I'd made it to Qantas Gold and then Qantas Platinum. <laughs> uh, and in effect, that uh, discounted Qantas Club membership that I managed to obtain has been sitting on hold here. <laughs> so I haven't actually used the benefits of the club membership. So you've got nine months just sitting there membership. that hasn't been used yet. And you're now Lifetime Gold now, right? That's correct. So it says so, now. Yeah, at some point I'll, uh, I'll, I'll ask them very nicely for a refund for <laughs> a club membership that I now have no further use for. So for me, joining AFF was about taking advantage of a uh, special offer that was on at the time, uh, and I, I haven't looked back. Uh, I've been a member for three or four years when admin, uh, or Clifford, asked if I'd be willing to be a moderator my involvement, I think, has been pretty constant from, from the day I joined to now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And one of the great things about AFF also is the meetups and social events that we have and some of the very, very best tricks are shared over drinks rather than online. And uh, you also organise some of these events. You organise the Auckland Dinner, which is on the 9th of March, and you also organise an annual lounge crawl. And this year it's going to be in Kuala Lumpur and Singapore on the 9th of June. Um, so what can people expect if they come along to an AFF lounge crawl? Well, the lounge crawl is good fun, and I have to say, I can't take the credit for initiating that. It was actually AFF member Anna who first suggested to me that how about we go to, I think, might have been Hong Kong or Singapore, I can't remember where the inaugural one was, but her suggestion was, how about we go there and visit the lounges on the weekend and come home again? And I thought... That was a terrific idea. Yeah, so is it a bit like a pub crawl uh, where you uh, sort of, not not for pubs though, but for airline lounges where you sort of hop between the different lounges and uh, check out what's going on it there? Is. It is. And the Singapore uh, airport has unfortunately, we've lost access to a lounge there because the Cathay Pacific lounge that they used is now in Terminal 4, uh, the new terminal in Singapore. And the only way to access it is if got a boarding pass for a flight departing Terminal 4. So we're down to three lounges in Singapore, the British Airways, the Qantas and the Emirates lounges, uh, apart from any paid lounges such as American Express or Priority Pass. So to make the weekend a little bit more interesting, we figured why not start, start in Kuala Lumpur? Because in Kuala Lumpur we have a Cafe Pacific lounge and three of the Malaysian Airlines lounge, one in the regional terminal, which is a access for Sapphire and Emerald frequent flyers, and then a business lounge and a first lounge in their satellite terminal. Okay. So in the morning, we'll be meeting in, meeting in Kuala Lumpur, visiting three or four lounges for breakfast, and then hopping on a one-world flight across to Singapore for the afternoon's entertainment, which we'll be enjoying the lounges that we've got access to there. Yeah, it sounds like a really nice weekend away. So to get to know you a little bit better, and I've got some sort of quick-fire questions to ask you, and uh, the first one would be, what is your favourite airline and why? I think regardless of what airline I'm crediting to, Qantas is still my favourite airline. 
when they're good, they're very, very good. Although when they're not so good, they're a little bit ordinary. But the good far outweighs the bad. Mm. And uh, on that note, what would be your favourite frequent fly program? Is it Qantas Frequent Fly, or do you have another one that you prefer? Well, Qantas Frequent Fly was certainly useful when I started with it. However, now that I'm Lifetime Gold, there's no point crediting to it anymore. So I've now started crediting everything to British Airways, and that actually provides some features that the Qantas program doesn't have. So guaranteed upgrades, guaranteed seat releasing. And also they have Lifetime Emerald, if I should be mad enough to fly that much. Yeah, and so for, for those that are not familiar, Lifetime Emerald is basically the equivalent of Lifetime Qantas Platinum. So that's quite a, quite a good benefit. And uh, do you have a favourite destination? I'm, oh, anywhere. When I'm sitting in an airport about to get on an aeroplane, uh, that's, that for me is, is the best thing. So no particular destination. Maybe the further the better. So perhaps Europe, even from Melbourne to Adelaide, does me as a, uh, as, as a, as a great destination to go to. You're a true aviation fan. <laughs> and favourite credit card? Well, I'm not particularly loyal to any any bank. Uh, a credit card that gives me a good sign-on bonus and then a reasonable points earned for me is a, is a winner. And then after six or 12 months, I'll look at changing over to another card that provides similar benefits. Okay. And what would you say is the best airline or frequent flyer promotion that you've ever been able to take advantage of? Well, apart from the current double status credit promotions, which uh, have, have come up every year or uh, every six months or so, probably my favourite was the Qantas Any Seat Award Business Class Seats, where you could use points oh, that was a nice to book one. In a business class seat, but you'd earn status credit at the business class rate. So that allowed me to uh, climb to the heady heights of the platinum very quickly. Yeah, and they got rid of that a few years ago, which is very much a shame. <laughs> And, uh, it find, is a shame, although yeah. the double status credits offers are still out there. Though. Oh yes, absolutely. In fact, there's one on at the moment, uh, which I was talking about just before, which is the Velocity one. And finally, if you could give one tip for travellers, what would it be? Well, for me, travel light, because there are opportunities that pop up. There might be, uh, if there's a flight delay, it's easy enough to walk up to the lounge, to walk up to the uh, booking desk and ask for a change in flight. If your luggage is held in your hand, it's a lot easier for them to accommodate you. If you want to um, make a quick connection, if you've only got a small amount of luggage, you're not having to be reliant on what's in the hold and getting transferred across. It just gives you so much more flexibility. Yeah, and so much less chance of the luggage getting lost by the airline as well, which no one Indeed, particularly enjoys. I have myself to blame if I lost my luggage. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Jessica Tam, for your time. No worries, man. Absolute pleasure. To wrap up this episode, welcome to Ask Matt, where I answer your questions on air. And this fortnight, the first question comes from an Australian Frequent Flyer member called Corolda. Corolda asks, I've realised that there are a few terms that have specific meanings in the flight booking world. Could you have a talk through some of the common terms and their meanings and the implications? Thanks very much, Corolda. Now, the key thing to know here is the difference between a booking that has or has not yet been ticketed. So, when you call up or go on the airline's website to make a booking, a 
PNR or passenger name record will be created. And this is when you have a reservation. Now, at this point, the flights that you're wanting have been pulled from inventory and they're pretty much guaranteed as long as you complete the ticketing by whatever the ticketing deadline happens to be. But when you have a reservation, it's not necessarily been ticketed yet. So a ticket is created after the transaction has been completed and any money or if in the case of an award booking, frequent flyer points have changed hands. And only at this point you'll receive a ticket number, uh, which means that the booking has now been ticketed. And once the booking is ticketed, you're pretty much good to fly. But if you only have a reservation that hasn't been ticketed, it means you haven't paid for the ticket, you don't have a ticket number, you don't actually have a valid uh, seat on the plane yet. Now, ticketing usually happens very shortly after you create a reservation and pay for the flights. So usually this uh, ticket will be automatically generated and you'll receive a ticket shortly after completing your booking online or over the phone. But there can be some problems if the ticket for some reason is not automatically generated. And in this case, it might be sent to a queue for manual processing. And this happens quite a bit when you're booking award flights using Qantas frequent flyer points. Now, the problem here is that most airlines have their own ticketing deadlines. And if the flights are not uh, ticketed by the time this deadline comes around, they'll basically be cancelled out automatically. And so, with some airlines, these deadlines are a few days. Other airlines, they're you know, a matter of weeks. But that's why if uh, you have booked your flights and you haven't received a ticket within about a day, it's very important that you contact the airline and follow that up. Uh, and this is more so a problem, I guess, with Qantas than with uh, Chris Flyer. But um, so the question was about Chris Flyer. With Singapore Airlines and uh, the Chris Flyer program, it's one of the few airlines that allows you to place a booking on hold while you wait for miles to transfer over to your account or for more sectors to be released, for example. Um, a few airlines do allow this. American Airlines and their Advantage program is another one that does allow this, but it's not that common. Now, when you're placing a booking on hold, that's basically the equivalent of creating a reservation, uh, but you won't have a ticket, so it won't be ticketed until you've actually paid for the flights. Um, and to answer your question, Carraldo, you basically won't incur any change or cancellation fees until such time as the flight has been ticketed. Now, Singapore Airlines also allows waitlisting, which is a completely different concept. Basically, this is not really a reservation or a ticket. It's simply you're being uh, placed on a waiting list and you'll be invited, for lack of a better word, to purchase a ticket if the availability comes available at a later point. But you're under no obligation to purchase it if you're on the waitlist. The other question for this fortnight comes from the member frequent passport user. And this person asks... I try to stay positive, but it's disappointing when airlines like Qantas and Air New Zealand and these days even Virgin Australia get away with plugging their frequent flyer programs, but reward you by never releasing any classic business class reward seats on some routes. Are there any routes that it's generally a waste of time looking for award seats on? Thanks a lot, frequent passport user. Now, most routes will have some economy award availability and it's quite rare that you won't find any economy seats but it does happen and Air New Zealand's flight from Auckland to Buenos Aires is one route where there's pretty much never any uh, award availability in any class. Um, Qantas to Lord Howe Island is another route that's quite a challenge. Generally these seats will only be released on a very small number of flights and only around a month out and uh, those, those flights are economy only. And um, in general, flights to other remote locations like Easter Island or certain destinations in the Pacific can also be uh, quite a challenge in any class of travel. 
Now, in business or first class, though, availability, as as you're probably aware, is a lot harder to find. And yes, there are indeed quite a few routes where frequent flyer redemption seats are virtually never released. Air New Zealand to Buenos Aires is pretty much a no-go. And also, Air New Zealand on pretty much any Trans-Pacific and even most of their other long-haul routes, including to Asia, are pretty much your almost never going to find business class availability on those. When I'm looking for award availability for a client at Award Flight Assist, I don't even generally look at Air New Zealand if it's um, something trans-Pacific over to the United States. It's just never anything. Also, Qantas to London Heathrow is extremely rare in uh, business class, especially on the new Perth to London flight. I don't think I've ever seen any availability in business class on that route. And uh, when Qantas is running the A330 over to Honolulu, there's never any business class seats. At the moment, they're running a 747, so there's a few more seats to go around and there is some award availability. But when it goes back to an A330, you can bet that that uh, business class availability won't be there anymore. And uh, also with Qantas, Sydney to Johannesburg and Sydney to Bangkok can be a very big challenge. Uh, With Virgin Australia to Los Angeles, generally speaking, business class reward seats are released, but only around six days before the flight leaves. And that's only if the flight is not full. So um, pretty much that means we're traveling off peak. If you want to book Virgin Australia business reward seats to Los Angeles more than a week out, uh, it's pretty much going to be tough luck. It's near impossible. And uh, Delta's flights from Sydney to Los Angeles are also nearly impossible to find uh, business class award availability on. Over to the Middle East, Qantas partners with Qatar Airways and Emirates. They do sometimes have availability, but they also sometimes have blackouts during school holidays and other peak travel periods where they just stop releasing any premium award seats to Australia. This can be quite a problem, especially during the July school holidays when demand for travel to Europe is the highest. But if you can't find anything from your home airport, maybe look at other secondary or other Australian cities like Adelaide or Perth, where there are sometimes more seats. And just another one that I found is Sri Lanka Airlines. Uh, They do release business class availability on their Melbourne to Colombo route, but only ever one seat per flight. So if you're traveling as a couple, you'll never get more than one seat on that flight. Well, those are the main ones I've found. I hope that answers your question. Do you have a question that you would like me to answer on the next podcast? You can ask it on the dedicated Ask Matt thread on the Australian Frequent Flyer Forum. You'll find this thread in the special AFF on Air Forum on our website, or just click in the link in the episode notes. And I'm happy to answer any questions you might have relating to airlines, frequent flyer programs, credit cards, or anything else that is related to travel. Well, that's it for another episode of AFF On Air. Thank you so much for listening. For more information about anything discussed in today's episodes, do check out the episode notes or visit australianfrequentflyer.com.au. In the episode notes, you'll also find a link to an AFF thread where you can discuss anything from today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would really appreciate if you would subscribe and leave a comment or a rating. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Android, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. So you'll find it wherever you normally find great podcasts. And you can also subscribe by email. And by subscribing or leaving a review on uh, your preferred platform, you'll help us to reach more people. And also, you'll give us some uh, very useful feedback. And we do read all your comments. So I would really, really appreciate that. Well, I'm Matt Graham, and I'll be back next fortnight with more news, tips, and tricks for Australian travellers. Until then, happy flying!